Thanks for joining us at the Liberty City Podcast. Liberty City values each person's unique experience with faith, and we hope that this word impacts you today. Well, hello, church. Um, it is great to be here today to preach on Valentine's Day. Can we just say a huge thank you to Caitlin and Nadia um, showing the rest of us geezers what great emceeing looks like. No rambling, having fun, get everything that they need to say out without um, completely going off the rails, really just uh, yeah, showing us what, what good emceeing actually looks like. Um, if you are celebrating Valentine's Day, that's awesome. Um, all power to you. Um, and on a day where we are celebrating love, um, I thought that I would share a sermon called The Greatest Love Story Ever Told. Um, if you have a Bible, go with me to 2 Corinthians 5 verses 18 to 21. And it says this, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Lord, we just uh, lift you up today. Um, Lord, we thank you that uh, you love us, um, that your love is the greatest love that there is. Uh, we just pray that you would speak to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, quite simply, the greatest love story ever told is this, is that God sent his son uh, down to earth who died for us so that our sins can be wiped clean. That's the first half of, of the love story. That's the part, um, uh, you know, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The second half of, of the greatest love story ever told is that we are now able to move forward in life beyond what we've done, beyond our past, beyond our mistakes, so that, as 2 Corinthians says, we can become Christ's ambassadors. Isaiah 1 verse 18, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. The truth is that we have all been designed for a purpose. Uh, our purpose is not to live in the past. Our purpose is not to dwell on mistakes. Our purpose is to move forward. We were designed, as 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says, again, to be to be Christ's ambassadors. Jeremiah 29, if you've been in church for more than uh, three minutes, you would have heard, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I've been reading a book uh, uh, recently, like, no, like, you know, I don't want to talk about it, but if you ask me about it, I'll tell you that I'm in a book club. Uh, and that's only if, if, if you ask me about it, otherwise I'm not going to mention it, I'm not going to say that I'm in a book club, I'm not going to, uh, you know, just say that I'm like, like, you know, like, leaders are readers, but whatever. Um, but I've been reading... Oh, now nah, you know the worst part. I haven't actually been reading. I've been doing like the audio book, which is not the worst part, whatever. But to summarize, uh, I've been reading a book called The Design of, of Everyday Things. And essentially, it's a book about um, how things work and how they're used by people. The, the, the premise is that simple. Um, and one of the primary themes uh, is this idea of human-centered design. Uh, and to summarize what human-centered design is, it's this to say, since things are designed, and used by humans, so pay attention, great, great care and attention must be given to making sure the design serves human needs and capabilities. Simply put, design things to accommodate humans and not the other way around. Uh, for me, I love when um, you, know, you're, you, you have your routines, you've got um, uh, kind of the more mundane things in your life and um, you really start to find God in these kind of details or 
Um, you find God in, in areas that you didn't really expect to find Him. Uh, when you just are kind of going about your routines and, and all of a sudden you kind of go, man, like, you know, God's in this. Uh, he's, he's in the practicality of it all and he's, he's in the routine of life. And the truth is that when I was reading this, like it was kept on being um, uh, reminded that God is the great designer and that God has designed us uh, with that, that, that human-centered design aspect in mind. God has designed us with great care and attention. He has designed us to serve the needs of others and he has designed us for other people. Matthew 5 says, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. A couple of weeks ago, Levi preached um, a, a great sermon and, and one of the, the main takeaways that I got from that sermon was this quote where he says, uh, when we fall in love with God, we fall in love with what he falls in love with. We get urgent about people. We talk differently, we walk differently. That people becomes um, this thing when, when we have that close-knit relationship with God, this thing that we, we realize that that is what we have been designed for, for other people. And that's all the good stuff. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. This isn't one of those like, you know, like we're like heavy-hearted, you know, like oof, doof, doof, doof type sermons. But that, that, that is the good stuff where, you know, the, the first half of, um, uh, you know, the, the love stories that we have been forgiven and that uh, Jesus died for us. The second half is that we become these ambassadors and um, some people can accept these things. Um, some people very quickly, you know, they're, they're, they're quite snappy with it. They go, cool, I love it. Uh, I accept these things. I move on. I'm going to be who I'm meant to be. Um, and, and they do this very easily. But if you're like me, sometimes I can get in my own head. I have made mistakes. Um, I haven't always given everything to my, uh, to, to my God, that works, but to God. Uh, and, and I've had to move on from some things and I continue to move on from other things. Uh, oftentimes it feels like I'm not where I was. I, you know, I know I'm forgiven. I know that uh, this, this price has been paid for my life and, and for our lives. I know that he loves me. I know that that is the great love story that, that we're talking about on this Valentine's Day. But I also feel like I'm not quite you know, where I want to be. I'm still figuring things out and, and I'm in that between where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, how do I become that ambassador? How do I become someone where God gets to make his appeal through me? And, and we actually did a, a, a series on this, the worst case scenario, which is worth checking out. Um, but I think when we're, on, when we're, when we're in the process of uh, moving on from these mistakes, we can get a few, a few mindsets that I would really love to challenge today. The first one is um, don't compare learn. Uh, the other uh, week, month, uh, I don't even know what is time anymore, you know, it all just kind of blends together. The other day, PC, pre-COVID, uh, 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 one of my friends came around, um, this actually wasn't even pre-COVID, so I don't, I don't even know anymore. But one of my, um, my friends came around and, you know, I just kind of started working out and, and um, which again, I don't want to talk about these things, but it's just that people keep asking me. So I just feel like I should probably bring it up just because people ask me. I don't want to, I don't want to bring these things up. But he, he came over and he says, you know, um, bro, how, how the workouts been going? You know, how are you feeling? Um, you know, what, what, what have you been doing? And I think, man, this is really nice because he's asking me to encourage me and just to, uh, you know, really support me and uh, just be a really good friend. Uh, you know, in, in a time where I'm, I'm kind of struggling with these things. But I learned very quickly that that wasn't the case um, because, you know, he asked me and he kind of nods along very quickly, kind of saying, yeah, 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 cool, man, you know, looking around. Then all of a sudden he just goes, you know, bro, um, I used to be able to do one-arm push-ups. And I said, oh, cool. 
thanks man, you know, who asked, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. And he goes, yeah, I wonder if I, I, wonder if I can still do one arm push-ups. I said, oh, you know, you, you don't, you're like, you don't, you don't have to try now. You, you know, you can leave it if you want. Like your shoes are still on. It's probably a bit rude. It's probably time for you to leave anyway, but whatever. He goes, yeah, no, nah, I think I can. So then he just drops to the floor and starts doing these, you know, da, 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 just starts smashing out all of these one-arm push-ups. And I'm just sitting there, you know, trying to just, you know, <laughs> cool, bro, you know, like, that's awesome. And he goes, you know, I used to be able to do them with my feet raised as well, just to increase the difficulty a little bit. Um, I'm going to try. And I said, no, nah, you know, don't worry about it. Your shoes are on. Don't get my couch dirty, you know. But he falls on deaf ears. This guy's just now in his own world. And he all of a sudden just puts his dirty, these dirty shoes up on my couch and just, you know, starts doing these one-arm push-ups that, 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 that were raised. And then, uh, you know, kind of finishes and, and just kind of goes, all right, man, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go now. <laughs> so that was really cool. And for someone like me, uh, there is the, the opportunity to, to either be salty, which clearly I, I you know, I'm, I'm not at all, you know, based on how I told that story, you can tell that I've really moved past this and this is something that I'm not dealing with anymore. But there is that opportunity where, um, you know, I can either be uh, mad, compare myself to this person, go, man, I'll never be there, or I can learn. With these uh, uh, workouts that I've been doing with, with Mike and with these runs that I've been doing with the Soulmates Running Club, the great thing is, is that I am never the strongest person in the room and I am never the fittest person in the room. In fact, I'm the weakest person in the room and I run the slowest in the room. No matter who it is, no matter, no matter what event we're doing together, but these things have meant that I'm able to learn from those people that are ahead of me. I can kind of see what do they do, how do they do it. The boys, are, uh, Levi and Isaac, uh, we were running along and, and we got to this hill that's it's been a, a, a hill in my life, <laughs> not even metaphorically. And, and um, I said to the boys, I would be really keen to run up this hill at this pace, you know, at like, you know, whatever, like four, like 13, like Ks, whatever. <laughs> no, it was, I think it was like 5.15. I'd be really keen to run up this hill at a 5.15 pace. And straight away, the, both the boys went, yep, got you. Isaac kind of just comes in front of me like this, um, kind of, you know, gets the watch ready. I, I don't know what the watches do. Levi comes in behind me like this, and so then I'm just like sitting in the middle of these two guys, and they're just kind of taking me along this journey of that exact pace that I said that I wanted to hit, which would have been the best pace I'd ever run up this hill. Comparison, uh, when you are on this journey, um, isn't helpful. Just, just, just plainly, it's, it's not helpful. There will always be people that are ahead of you there. Uh, there's people that um, are ambassadors for Christ and, and they're doing what they're called to do. And those are great things. These people should be celebrated. Um, we should cheer them on and we should absolutely continue to encourage them. But it is important that we learn from them rather than let that, that disappointment creep in that we're not doing uh, the same thing. We are designed for a unique purpose by God. That same book uh, from the design of everyday things they talk about there are two clear signs of good design. And those two things are discoverability and understanding. Discoverability. What is the unique perspective that you have? Lean into it. If you have discovered it and, and, and if it's been revealed to you uh, through, through Christ, then own it. Understanding. What comes easy to you? Where do you fit? What do you comprehend? I think it's important that you push into those things. I think that's choosing uh, uh, what is easy to you uh, sometimes it feels like a bailout or a cop-out or um, it, it can seem like this thing where it's like, well, you know, but of course I, you know, of course I love having people over. That, that's easy. Of course I love giving gifts to people. That's easy. Of course I, 
uh, love encouraging people. That's easy. But truth is that that is part of what we've been, what you've been designed to do, what we've been designed to do. If those things come easy to you, own it. I'm reminded um, of the story of, of Samuel being called by the Lord in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And this was something that uh, Sam Smith actually shared with a whole bunch of boys. Uh, it was at this uh, kind of, you know, this basketball group that we ran. And um, it was only about a five to, to, to 10 minute thing that Sam shared. But really, it's honestly, it stuck through with me through these whole years, through these whole years, through the whole years of life and existence and through all every year, through multiple years. But Sam Smith shared it and it was this thing, I honestly it's probably been like four to five years since he shared it. But to summarize the story of um, 1 Samuel chapter three, feel free to read it in your own time. Um, essentially we have Samuel who is uh, learning uh, from Eli, it says that he was ministering to the Lord under Eli. Um, and, and, and during the night he was called by God. God called out to Samuel and uh, Samuel, he, he continued to um, uh, go to Eli instead. He says that he does this three times where he thinks that it's, it's Eli calling out to him. So he goes to Eli and, and, and asks, is everything okay? And how can he help? And all of those things. And it wasn't until the third time that Samuel was called that Eli realized that that was God calling. Um, and so he told Samuel to go and speak to God himself. In the story, it's, it's, we see a young boy learning from someone that Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. And it was someone who, from this uh, uh, story, it looks like uh, they hadn't quite made their relationship with God their own yet. Uh, that this person, Samuel, assumed that the call from God was for someone else. That you can kind of think that he's probably um, in this mode where he's comparing himself to Eli and he kind of goes, this must be, this must be Eli. The, the, the call of the Lord only goes to Eli and not to me. And this can be us. We come into a relationship with Christ. It's the first part of the great love story. We receive and then we, we learn from those that are around us and that's really important. But then when the call comes from the Lord, uh, sometimes we don't accept it right away as ours because we're too busy comparing. We need to make sure that we're making uh, our relationship with God our own uh, so that when the call comes, we're ready, that we, we know that that's for us, that we're not busy um, you know, suggesting that no, that's, that's someone else or um, uh, you know, that, that must be uh, God calling to that person because that person is so much better at this or that. But instead, we need to make sure that we are having our own personal relationship with God. Jeremiah 1 verse 17, uh, that, that, the whole um, uh, section under there is one of my favorite um, scriptures or, or passages in the Bible. But the first part just says, get up and prepare for action. Go and tell you everything I tell you to say. We need to be ready. We need to be preparing. We need to be going. And we need to be uh, ambassadors for Christ. We need to be ready for God to make his appeal through us and, and, and to do what we have been designed to do. Don't compare, learn. The second mindset uh, that I want to challenge today is to learn from the past and, and not to dwell in it. Uh, and this was something, uh, I guess, yeah, even learning quite recently uh, when, when moving to Ottawa, uh, you know, there was the, the, the big group of New Zealanders that came and, and, and help start Liberty City. Um, and a lot of people will kind of talk about uh, comparisons, you know, uh, oh man, I prefer uh, the coffee in New Zealand or, or these cafes or, um, you know, I prefer this or that. And, and, and you kind of start to compare the two. And then people start saying things like, you know, when are we going to go home? Or when are you going home? Have you been home in a while? And there, there, there was kind of this moment where I was like, man, actually, you know, like I think it was uh, myself, yeah, myself, Levi, Nas, you know, the three people that stayed. <laughs> nah, jokes. Nah, that's whatever. 
nah, whatever, we'll keep that in there, eh? Uh, 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 there's the mindset shift of like, well, actually, you know, what is home? So now if someone says, when do you go back home? The response is always, uh, um, oh, what do you mean? You know, I am home. Or do you mean when I'm going back to, to Kent Street? Do you mean, you know, how you, you're in my home? What do you mean when I'm going back home? Because uh, I don't want to be um, someone that is stuck in the past, that is romanticizing um, the past. I think it's important that we remember the good times. Uh, I think the Bible's pretty clear on that. I think that, uh, you know, the, it's clear on the breaking bread with others. Uh, it's clear that, that, you know, giving God praise for, for everything. It's clear that um, having joy and, 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 and celebration is uh, just something that the Bible talks about a lot. But I think it's import, important um, to cherish what God has done in us so that we can learn and move on from mistakes. Uh, I'm reminded of um, the Israelites and the disciples. Um, both were eager to go back to their past, forgetting what they had been called to do or forgetting uh, the, 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 the move of God in their lives. The Israelites, after being freed from slavery in Numbers 14, they said that they should choose a leader and go back to Egypt, that they should choose a leader and go back to their bondage, go back to uh, the people that had enslaved them. The disciples, it says that Jesus, you know, he found some of the disciples as fishermen and after his, his death and then resurrection, Jesus found them fishing again and then had to reinstate them. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 10 to 12 says, Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. Wisdom, like an inheritance, is a good thing and benefits those who see the sun. Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. It's not wise to romanticize the past. It's, uh, it's, it's not something that we should be doing. Uh, for us and for me, it can be um, looking back at our lives before you know, having that, that real and, and tangible relationship with Christ, um, celebrating that time with rose-tinted glasses because we lose sight of how much He has actually done in our lives. We can say things about our personal lives. We can say uh, things that, you know, I miss parties. I used to be more fun. I miss doing nothing on a Sunday. I miss that old relationship. I feel like worship was better at that camp that I went to. And, you know, why do I need to follow up with people? We can say things about the church. I miss when we were in the basement. I miss when we were smaller. I miss when we were at Knox. I'm worried that we're getting it just a little bit too big. I don't want to sound insensitive because um, often when we're, when we're feeling, uh, and, you know, when we say what we're feeling, it, it can be said appropriately. I'm not trying to make a stand about how, you know, uh, we should be positive all the time. I'm, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, toxic positivity where everything's good all the time and, and, and we should never, ever, ever uh, talk about bad things. Um, because sometimes when, when we do say these, these um, you know, these grumblings or we have these observations, it is to protect ourselves. It is to give us rest. It is um, because we need to just take a little bit of, of a step back. However, if we're being honest, sometimes uh, when we do say these things, it's actually just grumbling. Uh, it's actually because we forget where we were before Christ came in and we started that relationship with Him. The Israelites were freed from bondage, but then yearned for that bondage back when things got tough, simply because that way of life sounded easier, even though it came with chains. And what a picture of us. We can dwell in, in what we perceive as better. We can romanticize the past. And I think when we look back uh, to God, we're reminded of, of how much He has actually done. I think that it's important for us to continue to cherish and, and, and have thanksgiving and be grateful, cherish 
uh, what God has done in our lives so that we're not looking back uh, at our past as one of those, you know, the grass is greener on the other side situations. The other thing that we can dwell in is, is we can dwell in our mistakes. Uh, we can live in regret and we can live in shame. And honestly, if, I were to, if, 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 if it were me and I were to, to dwell in all my mistakes, I would be dwelling 24-7. I would be dwelling all the time. I make mistakes every single day. In uh, groups this week, um, we had someone kind of share, uh, it was the Alpha course, and um, they were talking about the topic of forgiveness, and someone shared an incredible testimony of forgiveness and how they had to go through um, uh, forgiving someone. But something that they talked about, uh, this person, was that the, ha- the hardest part or hardest person to forgive was actually themselves um, because they kind of, they realized, you know, I could have done more in that situation or, um, you know, it was like, didn't handle that really well. And so even though they had forgiven the other person, they're able to move on. Forgiving ourselves can actually be uh, perhaps the hardest thing. Isaiah 43 verses 18 to 19 says this, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. For us, we need to make sure that we're not um, uh, living in that shame, we're not living in that guilt, because that really is is the first half of uh, the greatest love story ever told, is that we can actually move on from these things that he does uh, uh, do a new thing in our lives, that it springs forth and that he makes a way in the wilderness. As the great Alfred said to Bruce Wayne in Batman Begins, why do we fall, sir? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. Except instead of a perfect iron will, years of training, a bat suit, a Batmobile, uh, training with the League of Shadows to help get us back up, we've got the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Holy Spirit to help us get back up and keep moving forward. I don't want to spend too much time on this topic because it does uh, have a little bit of crossover with my final mindset, which is this. Change is not hypocritical. Uh, with this game that um, I'll play with Levi and Nadia um, and, and whoever else is, is in the room, you can ask Alicia about it. It's called One Word and I just beat her and was undefeated when I played Alicia in it and like she didn't even stand a chance against me, but it is what it is, I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, so we played this, 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 this game, it's called One Word and actually this is like a common theme anytime we play a game. Uh, and it's this idea of like consistency um, whenever you're playing whatever it is. In order to, to kind of you know, be within the spirit of the game, one must remain consistent with what they've been doing the entire night. And if they don't, all you get called out for it. Truthfully, it was, I, it was me that was kind of made a really big deal about this, about consistency. And I'll start saying consistency so often that um, now I, I just get mocked for, for consistency for, like, for that word. Um, but one of the things uh, about it is because you start to kind of talk about this consistency that you actually kind of start to like trap yourself into this position where you can no longer uh, uh, change depending on who's in the room. So it's like, you know, well, we need to kind of bring down the competitive levels a little bit because people want to have fun. And so it kind of meant that I was super afraid um, to change. Truthfully, I was, I was super afraid to kind of to, to make, you know, a few adjustments to the rules to be lenient because I trap myself in this, you know, in this uh, uh, call to be consistent. And the reason why I say that is because uh, that can be us. Um, sometimes we can be um, so intent on being consistent, so intent on uh, uh, making sure that people around us can't ever call us out for, for change and, and, and doing all of those things that uh, we also uh, r- remain stagnant 
in our faith and, and taking those steps to becoming an ambassador for Christ. There are a few people uh, in the Bible that we actually see who aren't afraid to make these changes. I think about Moses who uh, killed an Egyptian slave driver in defense of an Israelite. And he was the one that had to deliver to a whole nation, thou shalt not commit murder. I think of Simon Peter who goes from rejecting Jesus three times to preaching at Pentecost and healing in Jesus' name. Paul from, from, from persecuting Christians to building his church, encouraging Christians to grow in their faith and pointing people back to Christ and all of his teachings. Imagine if these people were too afraid of their past, they were too afraid of their actions, they were too afraid of the words uh, of those around them that knew what they had done because they wanted to remain consistent, because they were afraid of being uh, labeled a hypocrite, because they were afraid of um, actually growing and, 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 and looking at things from a new perspective. Changing when we come into relationship with Christ isn't hypocritical, it's actually biblical. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what's, wow, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The question today um, for us is, what changes are you not making because you're afraid of what people will say? Being an ambassador for Christ means representing Him and allowing Him to make those changes in our lives. I'll finish with this thought. Um, it is hard to become what you're slandered. Um, for me, when I, uh, I, was, I was living in Auckland, which is um, a city in New Zealand, it's the biggest city in New Zealand, and I moved down to Wellington. Uh, Wellington is the capital, and uh, I moved there for my studies and started going along to um, the church that Levi Nadi were a part of. Um, and in this church, it was the first time I'd been in, in an environment where people were affirming, where people were, um, you know, encouraging the preaching, were, um, during prayers, were, were agreeing and um, were kind of, you know, yeah, like when people preach, they'll be like, that's so good. Or when people preach, they'll be like, that's awesome. Like, good on you, you know? And so I honestly, I thought it was so funny. Like I just, I used to mock people all the time. Um, I used to like mock people to their faces. I used to mock people behind their backs. Uh, and, and even even like Niles and Levi, anytime they would, they would be like saying stuff and I'll be like, oh, so good, you know, like pretty much I was, I was a bit of And so what that meant is that um, because I had spent so much time kind of slandering this, this culture or slandering um, uh, uh, really what is actually a biblical principle, when that biblical principle was made known to me, when I kind of had that revelation of how, you know, when, when, when two or three um, are gathered and agree, uh, then really, uh, you know, God can move or, or, or that it will be done. Um, these are uh, things that, um, you know, were read to me and I started to understand that, man, actually there is power in affirmation. However, because I'd spent so long um, uh, slandering this, I'd spent so long um, insulting it, it honestly took me maybe like a year and a half, two years to actually finally make that change because I was so um, uh, set on remaining, on remaining consistent. Um, so I'll just challenge us, make sure that we're not um, uh, you know, slandering things, that we um, take time, that we think before we speak. And that, that, to be honest, is a whole sermon in itself. So I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. Otherwise, I'm kind of just, people like, what was that about? But I don't really know. So uh, for us, we just need to make sure that um, uh, in, in order to make these changes easier, just watch what we say. And don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. Uh, we won't be perfect. Um, uh, this is something that I'm continually working on, that I'm 
um, uh, trying my hardest to, to make sure that I think about what I say that um, uh, so that I can uh, make sure that there's never a moment where I have to you know second guess I'm like ah oh, flip I'm now becoming the guy that I was I was teasing or, or, or whatever it was but um, for us we won't be perfect um, but I would just encourage us to let his grace love and mercy fill those gaps where, 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 where we lack that imperfection let him make those changes um, to become ambassadors for Christ and so that God can make his appeal through us. Um, today I've, I've, I've talked about how um, God is the great designer. Uh, I said that he has designed us for people uh, to make an impact on the world, to be the light and to be uh, the salt to other people. But the truth is that he has also designed us to have relationship with him. This is why Jesus was sent uh, to clear away the sin that separates us from God. Um, I feel like today I might have overspoken uh, a little bit or, or spoken too much about how um, this great love story is kind of in that two parts where he, he makes the sacrifice for us and then we become Christ's ambassadors. And I've kind of talked about the changes we can make or mindset shifts that we can have um, in order to get to that stage. But the truth is that we don't have to do anything to receive his love. Coming into relationship with God is not that complicated. Romans 10 simply says to believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord. The price has been paid. Jesus has uh, been sent. He has died for our sins so that we can have a relationship with him. We simply just need to accept that gift. If you're listening online or if you're listening through our podcast, uh, then I would love to uh, give you the opportunity to receive the greatest love that ever was and ever will be. In just a few moments, we're going to pray. There's going to be a little button in the chat that's going to pop up. Uh, feel free just to click that button if that is something that you're interested in doing and uh, we can show you what it looks like to be a Christian and help you on that journey. But I'm going to pray now. I'm going to say a line. And after that line, you can just repeat that after me. Then we'll kick on with the service. So it goes like this. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you died for my sins. And I thank you that you forgive me. I thank you that you want to have a relationship with me. And today, I want to start that. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone, it has been a, a privilege to speak today. I'm going to hand back to the girls, and they're going to close out the service. Tevin. We are so glad you joined us today at Liberty City Podcast. Please check us out on social media and find an event to connect with us. 